Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. This is episode number 501. Can you believe 501 episodes? We're going to be coming up this February on actually the four-year anniversary of this podcast. I want to thank you guys for all your avid support of this podcast. And I want to announce that Onyx Hunt, onyxmaps.com, is a new sponsor of the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. And if you use the JScott18 promo code, you're going to get a 20% discount. Now, this is good at onyxmap.com, the website. It's good for purchases of one premium state or an elite membership of all 50 states. Uh, Also, with this membership, you can get an update of all your old uh, Onyx GPS chips for free uh, at the online web map at onyxmaps.com. And uh, Onyx is an app that I use every day. Uh, I use it here at the Ot6 Ranch. Uh, I use it on my desert bighorn sheep hunts, my turkey hunts, uh, my elk and deer hunts. And it's been an app that I've been using for a few years now. And and it's an amazing app. And I hope you guys get a chance. If you don't already have uh, the app, go to onyxmaps.com. Use the jscott18 promo code. And I, on my Instagram account, I have been kind of uh, showing how uh, Onyx Map works and how I use it every day um, with the different waypoint features, measuring line distances, uh, trying to figure out ambush points uh, here, hunting elk and mule deer on the Odd Six Ranch. And uh, moving forward, when I have these sheep hunts coming up, I'm going to also be featuring uh, how to use Onyx Map. So, guys, uh, I get a lot of emails wanting to know how you guys can uh, help and support me. I say uh, support the the sponsors of this podcast and i appreciate your loyal and avid support uh let's get right to this episode with clay bundy episode number 501 welcome to the j scott outdoors podcast today we're going to have a fun episode with clay bundy of clay bundy outfitters uh out of saint george utah clay how you doing fantastic thanks for uh inviting me you know, I say St. George, Utah, but the reality is it's uh, via the Arizona Strip. That's that's your home away from home. You do have a place in St. George, Utah, but uh, we've talked about on the podcast before, you've basically grown up uh, out on the Arizona Strip, and uh, you, you run cows out on the Arizona Strip, and you spend a ton of time out there. How are things looking out there, Clay? Well, right now, uh, they look really good as far as, uh, you know, we've been getting a bunch of rain. Uh, it's too late for this year's antlers growth, of course. So we got we started getting rain in about the middle of July. And there's places on the Strip that still have been missed with rain. But we, I mean, in the last couple months, we've, get, we've, we've got a bunch of rain. I dumped uh, there at our our house. I dumped six inches of rain out, and it's rained probably a couple couple more inches since then. Um, you know, we have an average rain of you know ten inches. Um, so we're you know we got a lot in this last since July, and I've I've been out there every day this week so far, and I mean it. The ground is wet. Um, so, Clay, um, you, 
you, you get a bunch of rain mid-July, it's, it's a little late to make the antlers what we normally see out on the Arizona Strip is what I'm hearing. But you talk about from July till now, would you say it's above average rainfall compared to, you know, the last 40 years out there on the Strip when you've been out there, or is it about average, or where are we sitting? I think, I think it's... Um um, the place that you know around our place the most it's it's uh it's above average uh for the these months i mean the monsoons always come in july but you know usually the end of july august they 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 pretty well stop and and we we've we've continued to get uh storms which you know, again, it's not going to help us this year, but I, I'm excited about next year uh, because of you know because the rains came late. There's a lot of these big deer that didn't end up as big as 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 we hoped. That if they make the season, will be a phenomenal. I, I've watched it over the years. They you know after a, a, a down year, it seems like they really explode. Um, but there's, you know, coming back to this year, that's what we really will probably want to talk about. I mean, there's, there's still, there's still some big deer. Um, this, this last week I've, I seen two deer that I don't have on camera that we're going to try to shoot them. They're, they're big deer, Good. you know. Um, Good. So from what I've been hearing, antler growth on a lot of these bucks, whereas you know, last year, and, and, and just feel free to stop me wherever you need to, but uh, let's talk about 13B. Like, on a great year, or let's say a good year, you know, there could be 50 bucks over 200 inches, and there could be some, you know, 230, 240, 250-type bucks. On a year like this, I'm hearing there's like half the number of 200-inch bucks, and then you take that upper, upper high end, and, you know, maybe one or two, you know, over that 225 mark total on the strip. Is that a fair I, assessment? Or, or No, that or is a is fair assessment. assessment? <clears throat> no, I think that is the way it ended up. You know, in our last visit, you know, I, I had still hope that we, it was going to turn out, but it, it just it didn't rain in time. And, uh, and you're right, it, it's, it's not as good as it as it was last year by far but i still think that these hunters that have tags are going to have a chance at a, a deer of a lifetime you know big deer yeah. and, then and when i say big deer, about, I mean it. go ahead yeah yeah you talk about your excitement for next year because it sounds like what you're saying is some of these deer that should be you know 220 plus type bucks, maybe 200, and they may get a pass this year. They may not get shot potentially, and they could, with the right conditions, you know, continue moisture, winter moisture, you know, er early monsoon. That's a deer that potentially should be 220 this year and could potentially blow up to 240 next year. That's kind of what I'm hearing you say is that that, that is what I'm saying. Bucks, it, yeah. Yeah, they could, 
uh, and, and it's still all up in the air. What's happened is, you know, the, it's just amazing. The last last month, we just keep getting some storms, and there's in the forecast, there's another one coming in seven days, you know, and, and you get moisture in the ground before it gets cold, and it just makes for a great spring, and, and those, the good spring is what brings that antler growth and uh, makes for giant deer. So... Let's talk about the, the hand that you guys have been dealt this year. So antler growth isn't up to normal, um, but there's still some big deer. With the clients that you have for, you know, the rifle hunt starting in a week, uh, I, believe a, I believe A is first and then B is second. Correct me if I'm wrong. But yes, that's what, right. What are you telling your hunters as far as, I know everyone's probably asking you the magic question, like what should we expect? What are you telling your hunters this year? Well, I'm still saying we we our goal is to get everybody at least a 200 inch deer, and and I think it's 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 reachable. You know, I think we can uh, we can find those 200 inch deer. Uh, you know, you jump up to 220, and then you you might you know that's going to be a little tougher. You know. Right. There, there's a, there is some there, and uh, but a lot of people know about them too, you know, and, which makes it harder. Yeah, with all of the recent rains, <clears throat> from a perspective of, you know, it sounds like it's it's pretty widespread rains across the strip. Would you say that the bucks are pretty spread out, whereas on some years they're real congregated around around water because it's dry? Would you say the deer uh, compared to a lot of years, they're they're very spread out and and you know here there and everywhere. Yes, they are, and in fact, that's why I think there could still be some big deer pop up that that we don't just like these ones I've seen this last week. You know, it's been wet since July, and so I mean I've got cameras on a that I haven't had deer hit for two months. You know, yeah. and yet they're there, uh, right? And so they're, um, but they are spread out. Uh, I've seen them in places that I think, oh man, that's crazy that they're they're there right now. You know, or so yeah, they they are spread out. Uh, and there's feed, there's green feed, pretty well everywhere. Um, you know, there's there's pockets on the strip where it just still just has not rained hardly at all. But but yet, the majority of it, it's it's pretty dang good everywhere. And so they can be anywhere, and they're not hitting the water like normal, which which is going to make it, uh, you know, could make it difficult uh, for hunting. But it also this this uh, where it's good feed and stuff it also may uh make the rut kick in a little sooner which may it may be pretty exciting that way too yeah <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about that so 13a correct me if i'm wrong bass hunt is first this year and 13b is second is that correct that is correct and but the date, normally go ahead the dates are actually further back it's almost like 
um, the date for A is what the second hunt almost usually is. So it, the the B hunt is for sure going to be in the rut, in my opinion, and and some of the A probably too. Are they going to be staging and really starting to get after it? Okay, so even though A is first, what you're saying is that the time frame has been pushed back late enough compared to a lot of years that it, the, the, the A hunt is almost in the B slot time frame, and with as green as it is, you're predicting that potentially at the end of the A hunt and pretty much you're betting that the B hunt, there's going to be quite a bit of rutting activity. That's what I think, yeah. Is yeah, there part of you... Is there part of you on a year like this when you know antler growth is not great? Is there almost a part of you that's like, dang it, don't, you know, don't rut so much that you're so out in the open and every, you know, good deer gets killed? Is there part of you that's just like, okay, let's have a bad antler growth year and let's kind of have a mediocre rut and let's let some bucks make it through? Yeah, you know, everybody else can be that way. I want to kill them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it, you want the deer to be the biggest that they can be, you know, and, and there's deer that we've probably got a hunt that we wished we could just ignore uh, because uh, we know how big that they can be, you know. And uh, But but yet you got to be fair to your clients and, and, and hunt the biggest deer you know of, you know. For sure. Clay, um, I've got a question for you about uh, these, a lot of these big deer in relationship to cattle, in relationship to pastures that um, maybe have been grazed more than other pastures. Um, right now, are you finding bucks right in those pastures where, you know, the cattle are thick, or do they tend to find those areas where the cattle haven't hit as much, or is there no crossover at all? Well, the, the there's not that much crossover with feed. I mean, the cows eat the cliff rows, too. Uh, but what I've found, you know, is like we have on our ranch, we have in our summer country, we have three pastures. And we move our cows to one pasture, and the deer that are hitting there move back where we just moved them from. And and the reason they, they move is cows are noisy. And and I think it's they move to not because they're competing feed-wise, but because deer like to be able to hear better, the cows tromp through, and it's just more more stuff going on and so they're safer to be able to move where cows aren't but yet i've seen them raising side by side too you know what i mean um but i i, I really do think that they do they will move away from a cow if uh if there's feed similar feed right by them you know that that's interesting that you say that so from, do you think it's like a defense mechanism to not want to be by a bunch of cattle that are making all kinds of racket that, you know, they really can hear? Or do you think it's like they just don't even want to be around them, they'd rather be off somewhere where, you know, it, they can just be off by themselves? I think it's more the defense. 
you know, their 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 hearing and their and their smell is what keeps them alive and, and eyes, you know. And so, you know, the cows make a lot of noise. Uh, there's more smell to them. They're it just so they do move. Uh, they will move if you know not very far. They won't move far right. from where they they live. But the, if I just noticed it in in these three pastures that we have, the um, that they do move. But yet I've seen them right 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 in them too. So. I- I've got a question about deer and what you notice that they feed on um, this time of year, you know, like going into the rifle hunt, you know, this time frame compared to uh, summertime and, you know, when they're in the velvet and during that archery hunt. Um, Do you notice any particular feed that they hit when they're hard antlered like now? or when they're in velvet, is there any change, or are they feeding on the same thing at all times? Well, it changes. Like right now and, and then during the summer when we got those really good rains and the, and the, the tender uh, uh, plants, uh, you know, like, like globe milo, I mean, they, they eat grass, small, you know, the real fine stuff but they they like to eat that 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 fresh real green stuff and 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 they're still eating it right now because there is still i mean it it's froze a little bit but um there's still a lot of lot of green and so they're still chasing green you know normal a lot of times this time of year they kind of almost go completely to cliff rows and and brush like that but they're now that we're still wet, they they are they're they're chasing green still. That you'll you'll find them out in uh, open flats where there's green. Um, I've I've noticed that a lot this last two weeks that they're out. Interesting. On years on, on years that maybe we we wouldn't have these showers that we've had, and let's say it's not you don't have that green up, and let's say we have those early frosts, and it kind of frosted up, do you see them pretty much transition to browse and pretty much eating cliff rows and, and that type of stuff? Yes, that's what they, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's what I've noticed. Okay. Um, I've, I've got a question that has come in. I put out on Instagram to ask a few questions of you, and there's a question from uh, Shul5 on Instagram. He says, what is Clay's number one tactic to consistently turning up giant bucks every year? Spending time in the field. I mean, constantly. I mean, I'm out there working, but I always have my binoculars with me. I have always have my tripod. I've got everything with me, even when I'm working cows or working on catchments. You know, building waters. Um, I always, I'm, I'm always looking. I try to leave um, the house so that I'm in place where I can scout at daylight and at night. Uh, it's, it's just the hours in the field that, you know, um, 
that put you there so you know where 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 a big deer is so that then you can try to kill it. So with that being said, Clay, um, obviously running your cows out there, obviously growing up out there and spending all kinds of time, I mean, pretty much all, your, all of your time is spent out there on the strip. To further the um, Mr. Scholl's question, would you say that there's deer that you watch in other words, you watch him as a two-year-old, you watch him as a three-year-old, you watch him and you, you kind of get to know this deer and that deer, and then some deer start blowing up and getting bigger, but you've watched that deer for the last handful of years. So in other words, these deer that you're killing, a lot of them you've seen, obviously the strip's a huge place, but correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of these deer you've kind of seen from time to time throughout different parts of the year, and you've watched them grow from when you can, you know, hardly tell that they're a, you know, decent buck to all of a sudden now they're a giant buck. I mean, it's not like these bucks, a lot of these bucks you killed, just all of a sudden you've never seen them before and you kill them, right? Right. No, you you do. You know, we're... We, we're Everybody's really good with cameras nowadays, and and then then a lot of time uh, scouting, uh, glassing, you know. And we do we we keep uh, an inventory of these deer, and 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 know what they were last year. And so then we, you know, it you know it's hard to tell what a a two year old buck what he'll be, and or you know three time they hit three and time they get a to get a pretty good frame on them, then then you can tell from year to year what they are, you know, and they may have an earmark on them or a, something about them that, you know, a, a certain way a horn grows or an antler grows, and and so you can tell from year to year, and we do follow them, and and uh, and it's it's that's what's so exciting about it is is to follow a deer you know, and to follow it for a bunch of years and then be able to uh, harvest it. And that's that what makes it a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sure. Is there any particular deer, um, diving further into this question, like is there any particular deer that, that you have harvested that say, uh, what I'm curious about is maybe a deer, if there's a story of a deer that, you know, you watched consistently in one area and it was always kind of in, you know, over the course of a year or two, he always kind of hung in one area and then all of a sudden, you know, you kill him 20 miles away or something. Are deer that nomadic or are the big deer typically more home range and you kind of, you know, within a mile or two, they're going to be in that area? Or are there cases where, you know, you follow a deer, and then all of a sudden he's moved 20, 30 miles away. Uh, not so much 20 or 30. 10 miles, yes. Uh, okay. 10, 15 miles. You know, one of the one of the deer we killed last year, you know, we, we, uh, we got a picture of him on A, and then he dropped off down into B, probably... You know, as a crow flies, it's probably 12 miles. And was and, that and to go rut? Him. Was that a rutting yes. deer? Like he left? Okay. Yeah. So is that, is that common to see, you know, bucks 
that you know will kind of summer in a certain area, and then you you kind of know to expect them to show up. And then is that part of being out there on the strip, you know, as much as you are kind of saying, okay, there's a deer over here, but I know he's probably going to make a move and he should show up over here. Is that, I mean, is that the game you play? Well, we do play that. You know, what some of these deer that, that grow up, up in the mountain, you know, in the higher country, um, they, they then in the winter and during the rut, they drop down to where the does are, uh, and the does also drop down to a certain whatever they're going to go. You know, but you get a deer out in, a, say, in the middle of B, in them low rolling hills, uh, he's not going to go. If he summers there, he's going to be uh, within four or five miles, you know. Uh, but if they if they do go up to uh, to a higher elevation to summer, if they're close to an area where there is a higher elevation, then they sometimes they will drop off and move quite a bit further than one that's just out in the in the flats, you know. Is what I've found anyway. And do you find that most of those deer that do kind of make a move, do they normally make a move every year? Or have you seen cases where a buck's moved two or three years and then all of a sudden he never comes out and he stays? You know, have you seen those anomaly cases where, you know, you're, you're waiting on a buck to show up and then all of a sudden he's right back up where he, and he never comes down at all? Is there anything that you can think of or pretty much always they kind of follow that pattern? Well, you know, I... I don't know that I've noticed some that just I, some just don't show up, and we we wonder whether a lion killed them or whether they're you know another hunter's killed them. Uh, a lot of times they do follow that pattern. They'll go back to you know it may be their mothers took them there to that lower country when they were babies, you know, and so they still follow that same route and and uh, kind of it's a pattern they have. Uh, and just the opposite, if they live in them in a lower place, that's their mother just lived there, and that you know, I I think they you know the bucks when they get a little older they'll spread out and kind of get their own territory a little bit, but you know they you know to rot they they all come back together you know in the when they're growing their horns or antlers and stuff, but yeah. I've got another question from AZ J. Cole, Open Desert. He says, has there been in the past or any talk of the future of transferring does, I assume he's talking about game and fish, transferring does from the Arizona Strip to general units? In other words, Clay, have you heard of the game and fish ever uh, transplanting deer from the Strip in other parts of Arizona? You know, I don't know that I, I don't know that I have. Um, you know, they, I think they transplanted some from uh, the Kaibab to Santa Rosa Island. You know, out. Yeah, I don't know if that's the name. Yeah, I think I remember I that. Think, okay, it, and I know that they uh, probably twenty-five years ago they they brought some deer uh, from Utah, I think, into Arizona. Into, onto the onto A, 
okay. uh, but I don't I don't know that from the strip they've taken any and 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 they they could they could take a bunch from the Kaibab and and move them somewhere but I it'd be yeah very hard to get too many deer from the strip because <laughs> there's not that, that many it's not that, yeah. not that many deer it'd be a hard capture job uh, sure um, and and that, you know that, the thing is go ahead no no the thing is what I was just gonna say you know it's like um, you know a lot of these neighboring states like Utah and and Nevada and uh, uh, they they they've got the genetics for the for big deer they just don't uh manage them for big deer yeah. you know where the strip is managed for for trophy deer and so the deer have a chance to get uh five six ten nine years old deer you know where yeah. a lot of these other other areas and even southern arizona they uh they overhunt them you know and the genetics are here. They just need to have a chance to grow up. Uh, and that's why, I mean, I'm, I'm just fortunate to live here on the Strip and where it's managed right and and we're able to get eight, nine-year-old deer, you know, to, to be their full yeah. potential. In, in your opinion, Clay, um, what year or what two years would a buck reach maximum potential before the buck starts to go downhill and starts to regress? Like, what is the what is the prime year, in your opinion, on the Arizona Strip for a buck? Well, I think from a five-year-old up to a nine-year-old nine buck, anywhere in those years is where he can, if we have the good weather, he can be phenomenal. Uh, you know that this that big deer we killed last year was a nine-year-old deer. You know, and and as a four and a five-year-old deer, he wasn't that big. But when you have it, it's like when the stars all line up. When you got the right age and you got the right moisture, uh, is when it happens. And and then I think after after nine, ten, they 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 start dropping off. They're still big deer, but they're not going to have the time length, you know. At that point, they start growing a lot of mass, and they start their points start stubbing out, not as long a point. Sometimes they'll add kickers and trash and stuff right as they get older and older. Yeah, but their kickers may kickers won't be as long either. You know, they'll be yeah. smaller. But. What about does on the Arizona Strip? Um, in, in you know, either in your opinion or specifically, you know, ages that you know of. Like, what what age do does finally get where they're regressing and and their bodies are shrinking up and they and they almost die? In other words, in your opinion, what's like the prime lifespan of a doe? And then on the Arizona Strip, and then when do most does, you know, kick the bucket? Well, you know what? I, I don't really know for sure. I, I think that they're gonna. They have probably a uh, about a ten year lifespan too. Uh, just because if you look at a, a buck's teeth, you know, I've never really looked at many does, 
teeth to know, but you know, them bucks when they're getting ten, their their teeth are getting short, and so they don't do as good, uh, do as well. And so that's the same with them does. If they don't, yeah. if they don't, if their teeth are not doing well, then they can't uh, get the body fat to 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 produce, you know, uh, offspring. And so they, I, I'm thinking ten years, but I, I, I that's just kind of what I've always thought. I don't know whether I'm right or not. Okay. I want to take a quick break here to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I also want to thank the listeners of the podcast and the loyal support that the listeners give uh, me and give this podcast. Um, this podcast wouldn't be possible. I wouldn't be able to devote the amount of time that I do if it wasn't for the sponsors. I want to thank GoHunt.com, the gear shop. My friend Cody Nelson of 20-plus years, is the new manager. He used to be over at the Outdoorsman's. He's now at the Go Hunt Gear Shop. He is the optics manager over there at Go Hunt. Uh, he is a great friend of mine, and he handles everything in regards to binoculars, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, tripods, and any of the other great gear at the Go Hunt Gear Shop. And I encourage you guys, if you have any optic or optical needs, uh, need a tripod, need a new rifle scope, give Cody a call. He is the manager. He will pick up the phone. You can reach him at 702-847-8747, extension 2. And I've been giving him a hard time that he hasn't worked his way up to be an extension 1 yet, but reach him at extension 2. <laughs> or you can send him an email at optics at GoHunt.com. He's promised me that he will take care of the J. Scott Outdoors listeners, and I've already been contacted by a bunch of listeners who have dealt with Cody, and uh, Cody did a good job taking care of them. So I encourage you to reach out to Cody, the optics manager at GoHunt Gear Shop. I also want to thank Kuyu, K-U-I-U.com, Kuyu Ultralight Honeys. Uh, that is the gear the clothing, the packs that I wear. I've been wearing it since 2010. I want to thank Kuyu for the ship. I also want to thank Canyon Coolers based right out of Flagstaff, Arizona. If you use the J. Scott promo code at canyoncoolers.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. And then phone scope. Uh, Clay, I know you take a lot of great phone scope uh, videos and photos yourself. Uh, Scope.com, if you use the J. Scott 18, that's all one word, J. Scott 18, you're going to get a 10% discount there at phonescope.com. That is what I use with my iPhone X and um, been getting some great video and pictures uh, here at the Optics Ranch this fall. Um, Clay, yeah. uh, moving forward with this, with this season right around the corner, um, obviously, you want to get your clients the best bucks they can. Um, you know, would it surprise you uh, if a deer, let's say 240 plus, uh, surfaced this year? Would it surprise you if a deer like that got harvested, or is that really reaching on a year like this? I think that there. I think that there will be one killed that big this year. Okay. And obviously um, moving forward when you're looking at next year and, I, you know, we've already kind of hit on it, but 
there is a sense of optimism with the amount of seed that's out there and the amount of quote-unquote holdover bucks, uh, bucks that potentially may sneak through because they're spread out this year, they're not congregated on water. Um, you're feeling pretty optimistic if everything stays the same and if we can get continued moisture that next year could be uh, one of those banner years. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've looked at, I've watched it over the years how we'll have a a, uh, a drought, and then for some reason, the next year if it's good, then deer just seem to rebound. I don't know whether they stored up the ball. I don't know what whatever whatever makes the antlers calcium or whatever, and then it just seems to seems to come back stronger the next year if it's a good year, you know. So yeah, I'm I'm real optimistic about that, and uh, and then there's always just young bucks coming. You know that's what's so so neat about the strip and and everywhere is, that, you know they're just there's new bucks that are going to show up, young bucks that are that will follow, that will name them, and and uh, hopefully harvest them. You know, uh, yeah. So yeah. it just it's just neat to see how nature works. For sure. Uh, I've got another question from an Instagram follower. Uh, obviously, this, this isn't a strip question, but he says, my, this is from Travis Harper. He says, my dad has a Kaibab 12B late rifle tag. What would the strategy be in that unit for mild weather versus nasty, cold, snowy weather? So in other words, 12B late rifle, he wants to know what your strategy would be for hunting if it was mild and warm versus, you know, cold and snowy. Is there any change in what you would do? Well, you know, if, if it does get cold and snowy, uh, the deer will be lower, I think, I feel. Uh, you know, the 12B, there's 12B... There's 12B and there's 12B West, uh, and that might make a difference of w what he has. If he's got just a 12B, uh, then he can hunt both sides, you know, the remaining cliffs, and, and then clear over down on gun site. Um, I, I like hunting. I like hunting the, the lower stuff down by gun site. It's open. It's uh, and if it's snowy, you know, and those deer are going to be down there, and you can get around on those roads, and it's uh, where if it if it stays warm, uh, they may stay up a little higher. Isn't it? it in, in you know, the question was about 12 feet, but you know, if we bring that back to the strip specifically, if you've got warm weather on the strip. You've got probably deer that are hitting the trick tanks and a little more congregated around water, correct? And if you've got kind of wet, rainy, snowy, colder weather, the deer are not going to come to the trick tanks and come to the water as much. Um, so, yeah, so I would hunt, like I would hunt further out on the points, further out on the, you know, further from water but don't I mean those bucks 
seems like, you know, they'll come check water if it's in the rut, you know, even whether they need a drink or not. And, uh, but yes, you can push further out from where, where they've been. Yeah. In in other words, in more moisture times, weather, rainier, there, they could potentially be further from those drinkers, further from the tank. So, when you saw when you say go out further on those points, you're meaning they could expand their range and they're not quite as concentrated and as close. So you have to make sure that you're covering all of the country rather than just some of the stuff, you know, within a yes. pretty easy walk for them from the waters, correct? Yes. You know, and and if if they move out from waters, I mean, follow the feed, see where the feed is and uh, you know, move out where the you know, and I guess that's that's a little bit of the advantage of of of, of us as we 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 live there. We know where the when it when it storms, we know where the deer move to. They they do move out further uh, where other feed is, and and you know once it starts raining and gets cold like that, then they don't they don't come back to water. They may not come back to water for a month um, if there's you know if there's dew and snow or anything like that they they don't need the water so clay uh, a question that comes to my mind how important in your actual hunting and harvesting big bucks does tracking play um as far as you lean heavily on your ability to track or do you lean more on your optics you know, I'm kind of curious how a guy like you, you know, you spent a lot of time on horseback, I would assume, and, and you have over your life, and you probably are constantly checking tracks with your cattle and what have you. Um, how, how important is tracking for your success? Well, I find the deer with uh, my optics. And, okay. then, you know, then if 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 we uh, we see him and go after him and he goes over the hill out of sight and we get we go to his tracks and and then track him uh but we don't just uh i mean i've done it before to just go to a pond or a a trick tank and and follow a track out but it's not that productive it's more productive to be on a hill using your optics and let them work for you let your eyes work instead of your legs you know and uh but but we do track and and uh, it's it's a skill to track too you know for sure. Speaking of optics, um, what are your go-to optics? Either you know around your neck or in your pack. Like what what are you using that you know works best for your eyes right now? I uh, fifteen by fifty six Swarovski's HDs. Okay, are what I'm using. Uh, and I now are those around I, your I neck have them on my tripod. What's that? Okay. Okay. So you no, I have them on my. Them. Okay. I have them on my tripod at all times in my truck. Everywhere I go, I've got my my 15s already hooked up. So as soon as if I I step out of the truck, I'm glassing. Okay. I, I don't okay. hardly ever take them off. Do you carry like a 10 or an 8 around your neck or are you constantly carrying your tripod basically over your shoulder and you're always using the 15s either 
either standing up on a tripod or using it as a monopod, or do you just sometimes hold the tripod? Talk a little bit about that. Okay, what I do is, like I said, I have the, the, my 15s hooked to it, and I, and I grab hold of the handle and stick the, the legs underneath my, my arm on my right hand. Okay. And, you know, I've got them halfway extended. I, I like the glass sitting down. I don't like the, the glass standing up because there's, okay. there's too much movement. I like to be able to sit down. And so my, okay. my tripod legs are out where I sit down. And, uh, but I pack them like that everywhere. If we go for a hike, I pack them like that. You know, I've got my, I usually have my, uh, my dogs in the back in my pack. And, uh, but I, my 15s is what I use. I, that, that's, they're the most. Okay. For, you know, my country where it's, it's kind of open, you know, you need that long, uh, long look, uh, I like tens too, but fifteens uh, are can do both, you know. And uh, then, and did I hear you say you have your doctors sometimes in your pack, which are what the forty super wide angle doctors or the twenty by fifties, or what are you using? They're, they're the forty fix, yeah. Okay. Okay, and so you always have your fifteens mounted on a tripod, and you take your doctors. A lot of times, but you always have your 15s. Always have my 15s. And then, will you have a spotting scope sometimes as well, or just your 15s, or just your doctors? I have my 15s and my doctors. That's all. I don't have a spotting scope. I, okay. For some reason, my eyes. If I shut one eye, then I, I don't like to look through one eye. I like both. If you shut one eye, you end up walking in circles after you open the eye. That's what I do sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's cool. So you're using the 40 super wide angle um, doctors, but your go-to is the 15 mounted on a tripod. Now, when you're on the go, kind of, you know, like, obviously you like to sit down, but you talk about if, if you kind of hold them under your arm and, you hold them up and kind of check glass as you're walking, maybe a ridge top, and then when you want to, yeah, I do that. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just kind of hold it up, you know, and hold hold on the legs and and look for a quick look. But I'm telling you, I if if there's more than just a quick look, I'm I'm down just as fast as I can so I can get steady and get and look, you know, and sure. Then you can judge a deer fast too. If you if it's if it's still, you can tell in an instant. Whether it's a big deer, whether, you, whether it's one you've been watching, and and whether you should need to kill it, you know, where if it's moving, it's like I think I'm not sure, you know. Yeah. And so I like to. Yeah, I think that's a great tip to tell people to get as steady as they can, sit down as quick as you can, and be able to get on that deer immediately. Because sometimes, yeah. wouldn't you agree? It's a three-second decision whether you're going to waste all day on that deer or nope, he's not as big as I thought. I mean. You need to be right. as steady as you can, and you need to be able to make that split-second decision, right? Yes, you do. And it's, uh, you know, a lot of times when they're split-second like that, they're going away, and so they look giant, you know. Right. And you need, to, you need to be able to say, yeah, that's the deal we want, or no. And, and it, you know, I've, I've made a lot of split-second decisions like that, and you... And you're sure, but then you kill him, and you go, "Oh boy, let's, let's hope that that's 
you know, <laughs> yeah. but, 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 and most of the time it's worked out, but you, it's because you are rock steady. Right. That you, that you can make that decision. If there was one certain look of a deer, in other words, if you had a, if you had to only have a three to five second look, what angle, what position, like, how do you want that deer? Do you want them looking at you? Do you want them broadside, you know, looking perpendicular? Do you want them looking away? What is the, if you only had one look, what do you want? I want him, I want him broadside swinging back his head looking right at me. Uh, yeah, I, you agree, can tell, I agree with that. You can, yeah. you can tell where his ears are, how wide he is. You, I mean, that's the look he's going to be on your wall. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And if he's got that look, that then he's a shooter or not, you know. Yeah, I I totally agree. I feel like outside you get a sense of their body when they turn back and look at you. Like you said, you get a sense of their ear width. You get a sense of how the rack falls within the ear. You can see all yeah. of the forks. Like that's that's the look. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay, I'll ask. I'm gonna ask you a few more questions and then I'll let you go because I know your time's precious. Uh, 13A typically over the years has not been as good of unit as far as people always say B is better than A. Uh, I assume that this year that's no different. Is that correct? Yeah, it's no different. I mean, in 2010, A, A smashed B. But right. since then, it's fa fallen off. Uh, but yeah, um, just because it's a bigger, bigger area, more deer country, uh, but there's there's some there's some big deer in, in A right now. And, and a, you speak about 2010. Wasn't that the year that the moisture was just right? The green grass, those bucks just came out, and were rutting. They were all over yeah. the does, and like I want to say it was ten bucks over 220 or something shot that year. Yeah. In fact, in both units, there's over 20 that were wow. 220. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay, so um, there's there's still some big deer in A, but B is uh, going to outshine. Do you ever see that changing, or is there just more deer in B that, you know, that there's always just going to be more bigger deer in in B just because of numbers? Just because of numbers, I mean the genetics are they're just the same. There's good of genetics. There's yeah. just uh, more more area, more just more deer or more yeah more deer to pick from. Really is what it yeah. is. Right. So you've got the same genetic makeup, and you just have more deer. So obviously there's going to be more big solid deer in in the area where there is more deer. Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, moving forward with A and B, um, if anybody out there uh, has a tag, uh, are there any opportunities? Do you have any openings per se in A or B uh, if someone needed a guide? Yeah, we could we could actually take more in. Uh, you know, we could take a couple in, in, in both units if there's available. Uh, we've got plenty of guides, the licensed guides that help us uh, that 
you know, and that we could do it. So we'd love to if if there's a chance. I mean, it's close, and I'm sure everybody's all booked up already. But if if all of a sudden the last minute you change your mind, we'd love to help you. That sounds good. And uh, I'd also I'd like to give you a chance to let the listeners know um, the best way to get a hold of you. Um, you know, obviously whether it be about this year or putting in in the future, you know, looking at next year, how is the best way for people to either reach you, find out about you, et cetera? Okay, so uh, I'm a phone guy, but so my phone number is 435-680-2991. Uh, or you could reach me uh, on uh, Instagram, uh, Clay Bundy Outfitters. Or uh, uh, my uh, email is claybundy at hotmail.com. Uh, so those three ways are the best. Perfect. And, um, and what about uh, sheep sheep hunters this year? Are you going on sheep hunt? Do you have do you have sheep hunt or did you you drew yeah, that already? Yeah. So we've got a client on thirteen uh, B North. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. So, yeah. How's the how's the herd in 13B uh, North looking? You know, it's not what it was 15 years ago, but it's I there's there's some good rams. I think we'll do. I think we'll do all right. Um, good. Yeah. Good stuff. Well. Clay, I really appreciate you spending time with us tonight, and I look forward. I love watching your Instagram, and I look forward to seeing your success this year. And I always love talking to you and, and getting, uh, you know, boots on the ground knowledge and as much time as you've spent out there. Um, it's always great um, getting that knowledge from you, and I know the listeners enjoy it. So. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, God bless you, and, and uh, just uh, knock them dead on this hunt. I know you guys, you, you always do, so I look forward to seeing the, the pictures. Well, we hope so, and I, and I appreciate you and, and uh, even considering me to, for this. I am, uh, it's, uh, it's an honor and a privilege to do it with you. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Sounds good. Well, God bless. I uh, look forward to seeing you down uh, whenever that may be. It's always a pleasure chatting with you, and um, Thank you. like I said, look forward to checking out your Instagram, uh, Clay Bundy Outfitters on Instagram. It's an awesome page. So, sounds good. Uh, God bless. Thank you. See you up, Mike. All right, buddy.